Mr. Duckworth. All of these holes make it difficult. Session 10. Breakthrough. One of these lies, I'ma make these right with the wrongs I done. That's one of you not with the father, son, till then I fight. Rain on me, put the blame on me. Got guilt, got hurt, got shame on me. Got six magazines that's aimed at me. Done every magazine was fame to me. It's a game to me with a bedroom mat. Sleep, I ain't never had a fast with that. What's fair when the hearts and the words don't reach? What's fair when the... Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter, and if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Before I start, I want to apologize for not releasing an episode on Saturday. This weekend, man, this this weekend was 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 busy, man. Or last weekend was busy, man. The the weapons that 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 God formed against me, they they were prospering a little bit. But um, we back. And I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the people that reached out asking where the episode was. Look, I, I apologize. It was just a lot going on. But we're here. And since last uh, Wednesday, there's a lot that's happened uh, in, in, the, in the playoff world. Hell, we're in the conference finals now. Uh, last night, of course, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, which, which is Boston and Miami, took place. But the biggest story in the east is realization sometimes you know realization is tough for a lot of people it's tough because a lot of times realization is something that a lot of people go against because realization sometimes a lot of times realization takes you out of a bubble that you think it, it, that's just not realistic or that's not reality. You have to realize something. Realize something usually means that you don't know something. It's like, oh, wow. We, the thing about, let's, let's, let's talk about it. So James Harden and the 76ers got bounced out the second round of the playoffs to Miami Heat. Now, they lost what four two. Joel Embiid missed the first two or three game, first two games, uh, due to of course the orbital fracture, orbital. Why do I keep saying orbital? Orbital fracture. But we had a clear sense of realization with James Harden, and the thing about this is, we've seen this multiple times. I just don't think that we've seen this to a level that we've seen it with him outside of this year and what am i talking about who is james harden what is the aura of james harden james harden is one of the most offensively gifted players we have ever seen at his height a lot of people were including myself i was in one of those i was in the boat i'm not gonna lie to you i was in the boat when i was comparing and i was questioning if James Harden is better than players like Dwayne Wade, I wouldn't go as far as say Kobe, but Dwayne Wade, I was, I was staunch in that argument and saying, Hey, James Harden might be, might be better than Dwayne Wade. 
Now, that's no disrespect to Dwayne Wade, but that shows, and Dwayne Wade's a three-time champion, you know, all 70, or NBA 75, one of the greatest shooting guards to ever play. So that's no disrespect to Dwayne Wade. That's more of a respect to James Harden. He was putting up 60-point triple-doubles, 50-point triple-doubles. It's going crazy. MVP, finished runner-up a couple years. But here's the thing about James Harden. And we've seen this time and time again now. Now, it's hard to realize. Well, it's hard to accept it. Of course, people talk about it, but it's hard to accept it. Because accepting the realization usually means that either you closed your eyes to something that was clearly there or you lived in a fantasy world where you thought something was real, but it wasn't. Realization. James Harden, time and time and time and time and time again, has come up small in the playoffs. And honestly, I think this year was the worst. Was the worst. Now, there was, you know, the when he was in Houston, they were in the playoffs against uh, the Spurs. I don't think Kawhi Leonard played like the last two games or something, or last two or three games, and they lost him. We remember the the... The famous, you know, James Harden goes up for a shot. Manu Ginobili comes behind him and, and blocks his shot. End of the series. We can, we, can, we can go a little further. You're in the, what, Western Conference Finals with Dwight Howard. No, we can even go. They won this, but you can... You can they're playing uh, the Clippers. James Harden's playing majority of the game, and they are getting destroyed. You bench James Harden. You put in players like Josh Smith. <laughs> I think Corey Brewer. And y'all come back and beat the Clippers with James Harden on the bench. Against Golden State. Now, of course, it's hard to imagine a team beating Golden State. I think I think Golden State had the greatest team of all time. Now you can argue we can you can leave in the comments. It is what it is. I think the two thousand what seventeen eighteen Golden State was the greatest team we've ever seen. Prime Steph Curry, prime Kevin Durant, prime uh, Draymond Green, prime Clay Thompson, uh, a veteran in, in Andre Iguodala. You had JaVale McGee. Zaza. I, I feel that was the greatest team we've ever seen. So it's hard to imagine a team beating that team. So I understand, you know, not beating them the first iteration. But then... Next year, you have one of the best. You have Chris Paul. You have P.J. Tucker. You have Clint Capella. You have Trevor Ariza. And you're up 3-2 in the series. 3-2. Now, a lot of people are going to attribute that loss to Chris Paul 
not being there, which I understand. That's that is a huge thing. Chris Paul and his hamstring. Yeah. But James Harden is a superstar. James Harden is the same player that we have arguments. Is he better than Dwayne Wade? A lot of players, a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people were putting him in the Kobe Bryant class. A lot of people were saying he's a top five shooting guard ever. You still have that player. Yes, you're losing Chris Paul, but you still have James Harden. You lose two games in a row. One of which, of course, is at home. You're up 15, and then you go on and miss 20 what seven straight threes so you don't come up big in that lane or that series either next year you're playing golden state again ah it's hard i mean it's golden state it's our nemesis wait you all this this year you houston has the healthier team Chris Paul's healthy. James Harden's healthy. You're playing Golden State without Kevin Durant. You lose. You fold. Now, of course, you then do the move to Brooklyn. You can't really, you know, you you can't you can't you can't predict injuries, clearly. But what you can say is you come into Brooklyn or you get traded from Houston to Brooklyn. You're, you know, Kyrie, KD, James Harden. You're supposed to be big. You hurt your hamstring. Come to the playoffs. You're, you hurt yourself pretty much the first, what, minute. Then you try to come back game, what, Four and five, or, or no, game six and seven are clearly hobbled. Understand. It's a hamstring. The hamstrings are very serious. I get that. But then you follow that up with coming into the season out of shape. Not to mention, I completely forgot the fact that you came into the season, the previous season, with Houston out of shape. Coming out of shape. And and there's a thing that let me let me let me let me let me side note this. I don't remember who said this. Of course it was an analyst that said it, but you don't play basketball to get into shape. You get into shape to play basketball. Especially when we talk about the NBA. So when you're starting to see, you know, nagging injuries or or a player there, they when you're looking at James Harden now, it's hard for me to look at James Harden now and not see and not think that coming into multiple years, I think like maybe three or four, three or four years now, a lot of people are saying you're seeing this James Harden because all he does is you know hang around little baby, hang around you know that 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 crew, hang around rappers, this that and third. I don't think that's the truth. I mean, he was doing that in Houston and putting up 60-point triple-doubles. What it is is it's hard when every single year you have to play yourself into shape. That's one reason why I think Anthony Davis continues to get hurt. It's hard when you have to play yourself into shape. 
so that by the time you get halfway through the season, by the time you get to the end of the season, your body's worn down because it had to go into overdrive to try to get yourself into shape instead of staying in shape or at least staying close to game shape for the for the offseason or during the offseason. So when you come into the preseason, when you come to the training camp, when you come to the, you know, the, the, the beginning of the season, you're not pushing harder than anybody else because you're already there. But when your body has to constantly start from the ground up, when you come into the season, that puts a toll. So then you see, you know, nagging injury towards the end of the season. Do you realize most of James Harden's injuries come towards the end of the season? Why do you think that is? Now, no, this year wasn't an injury, but we'll talk about this year. But it's just tough, man. It's tough when you you every year you play yourself into into shape so that when you get to the playoffs when they need you the most, you don't have it cuz your body is spent. Your body is worn down. Your body doesn't have it anymore because it was you had to kick it into overdrive when you should have just been I'm not going to say coasting, but you should have just been revving it up. You st- it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like when you start a car in the in the um in winter now not i'm not the best at this so i'm not preaching to anybody but it's kind of like when you start your car in winter you know how they say you're supposed to start your car and let it sit and warm up like you're not just supposed to in the winter you're not just supposed to start your car and dip that's what james harden was starting his car which of course in this you know analogy is his body and just going no, you have to let it warm up. That's what the beginning of the regular, you know, the preseason, regular season, that's what it, you know, that's what it is. That's why you see a lot of bad basketball in the beginning of the season because people, they're just, they're just revving up. So you get to this year for James Harden. In fact, let me not, let's not, let's not forget the huge point that he asked to be traded from Brooklyn. He wanted to go to Philly. He says Philly was his first first choice in the first place. All right, I get it. cool. You asked to go to Philly. They then Philly then trades Ben Simmons. Philly also trades uh, Seth Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. So now you're in Philly. I don't. What Philly was hoping that they were getting, what people were saying, there's a reason why when James Harden went to Philly, a lot of people were saying that they are NBA Finals bound. A lot of people were even saying that they were going to win the NBA Finals. Why is that? Because of because of because of what they thought they were getting, because of what they thought that we were going to see, because of what they thought James Harden was going to be. Let's not negate the fact. Let's let's just completely gloss over not only the last year of Houston, but the years in Brooklyn. Now, I'm not saying he was terrible in Brooklyn, but what I am saying was is he was clearly not the James Harden that we're used to seeing in Brooklyn. Now, a lot of people attribute that to, well, this is the first time he was playing against or playing with bona fide superstars since he was with OKC, and of course, we're talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So a lot of people were saying, okay, that's probably why James Harden had to had to rein it back. 
I think now we're starting to see that that is not the case. The case is he just doesn't. I'm not going to say he doesn't have it anymore because that would be disrespectful to James Harden. That would be disrespectful to you know an NBA basketball player. But what I am saying is a lot of people expected when you pair Joel Embiid, who this year was uh, or second, second consecutive year where he finished second in the MVP votes or MVP race, you pair him along. You pair Joel Embiid with James Harden, and a lot of people were saying that that could be the next lethal duo, like like Shaq and Kobe. You know, when we talk about a, a, a guard and a big. So then you get to the playoffs, man, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. This. This is why I think that this year was probably the worst flame out I've ever seen. Or let me say this. Let me not say that. This was the worst flame out from James Harden I've ever seen. Forget the fact that you played Golden State uh, the second year you played, or 2018, I think. You played Golden State without Kevin Durant. You were the clearly better team against the Spurs without Kawhi Leonard. You lost. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to talk about the NBA Finals when he, you know it was OKC because he was still young. But the reason why this to me is the worst flameout that we've seen from James Harden, and it's funny that it's it's sad that we can do a montage of flameouts in the playoffs, and that's kind of the the realization I was talking about. Is two realizations. There is a difference. We talk about um, Rondo, Rajon Rondo. How there is a clear-cut regular season Rondo and a playoff Rondo. We talk about that all the time. That's pretty much a running joke in the in the basketball community. But it's not really a running joke, but it's serious. Rondo plays better in the playoffs. Hell, I know it's, it's, it's crazy to think, <laughs> seeing as how great he is. Is but there's a difference between regular season LeBron James and playoff LeBron James. LeBron James plays considerably, considerably better in the playoffs. The reason why this is the the, the worst flameout that I think we've seen from James Harden is because he was so. The team depended on him so much. The team depended on him so much with Joel Embiid going out the first, what, two games. Um, you br- you don't bring James Harden to the 76ers for the regular season. No team makes a move for the regular season. Not a team. Not in the NBA. Not in the NFL. Not in the NHL. No team makes a decision for the regular season. They, every team makes a decision for the playoffs. And they needed James Harden. And it's not only the fact that he wasn't... We're talking about the last game. We're talking about game six. Game six, James Harden in the second... I think he had 11 points in the first first half. First quarter quarter first half he finished the game with 11 points and only took two shots two 
in the second half. Missed both. Took two shots. That is why this is the worst flame out. Because your team needs you. Joel Embiid struggling at this point. And the fact that the Miami Heat started doubling. Well, there was nothing you can do with uh, Joel Embiid. So it's like, and Joel Embiid, like I said, was struggling with the, you know, fade, his face. He kept going down. He hit the floor so many times in that series. But James Harden was not aggressive when the team needed him to. It'd be different if he finished with 11 points. Yet he took 15 or, or yeah, 15 shots in the second half to only take two. And get blown off, blown off the floor. Is is like I said. The narrative is set. It's not even. It's not even a narrative at this point. It's just. It's it's proof. We've seen it. It's been. It's set. There is a difference between regular season James Hart. You know what? You see that just like that realization. Realization. I just I just have a realization. There was there was a difference between playoff James Harden, regular season James Harden. There was a difference. Now, because now I'm 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 starting to put it all together. I'm starting to put together what happened in Brooklyn. I'm starting to put together what happened in Philly. Now there's no difference. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I truly think the reason why a lot of people say James Harden doesn't have it anymore is because his body his body doesn't have it anymore, but that's on him. You see, you can't predict injuries, and I'm not I'm not wishing an injury upon anybody. You can't predict injuries, but what you can do is predict the trajectory of a season. And what and 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 like I said, it goes. I'm not trying to go full. I'm going full circle. I guess you can say. When James Harden comes into a season out of shape, watch how it ends. And again, knock on wood. I'm not. I'm not. Wishing injury upon anybody. But watch how a James Harden season, when he when reports, or you, you can see he comes in out of shape, watch how it ends. It's either going to end with him being injured, which, I, of course, I don't hope injury upon anybody, or a flame out like we saw this year because the body just doesn't have it. And I think the worst part about this year was it wasn't just the body. It was the mind that he tuned out. Game six, your team needs your team needs you because Joel and B clearly just doesn't have it due to injury. Your team needs you. His body and his mind flamed out. So now the question is: Now you heard that's been pretty much been the talk since the series ended. Do you give James Harden a max a super max contract, which he is eligible for? 
and and the reason why uh, Philly is in such is in such a tough spot is because what they gave up to get James Harden, and not only that, what they gave up to get James Harden, and what they thought they were getting in James Harden. Because of course he, he, you can buy into the player option, which I think he's going to probably, which is I think forty eight million or something. But it's hard to for me to see what I've seen from James Harden. And the again, no team makes a trade, no team makes a big swing like this in, in the trade deadline for agency. No team makes a huge swing like getting James Harden and trading a player in Ben Simmons that has three years left in his contract. Nobody makes those moves for a regular season move. But it's it's hard for me to want to give up or to 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 justify giving a player the max con the super max when I've seen multiple flameouts in the most important times. Name a name a huh. name what is what is James Harden's signature moment? That what is James Harden's signature moment? I have one. I let me say this. I have about ten signature moments from James Harden. I can let me let me. I can name five signature moments from James Harden. The problem is none of them are in the playoffs. You can talk about the the crossover with Wesley Matthews. Uh, yeah, Wesley Matt. Was it Wesley Matthews? I think it was Wesley Matthews. It was not Wesley Matthews. Wesley John. Uh, Wesley Johnson. The crossover with Wesley Johnson, where he looked down at this man, licked his lips, and boom. The game where I think he became the all time leader in points scored in Houston, which I think was ironically the game where he had a 60-point or 59-point triple-double or something like that. You could talk about the first game in Houston when you didn't know, you know, he just got traded from OKC. You don't know exactly what we're getting from James Harden. I think he comes out and scores like 39. There's James Harden has a lot of signature moments. Good signature moments because I'm not going to – well, he has a lot of bad ones. No, good signature moments. None of them are in the playoffs. And that's why Philly got him. So I'm not, I'm always, I'm always for the player to get their money. I am, I, I am always for the player. But it's just hard for me to see how James Harden's season has ended the last few years. And think that guy deserves a supermax, especially this year. Especially this year. He only took two shots when Joel Embiid was getting was 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 not didn't have it. He was on the floor. He was tired. And and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming the whole Sixers not making it could do on James Harden. I mean, I think the team was constructed wrong. 
you know, Tyrese Maxey was great, but they didn't really, their best shooter, their best three-point shooter was Danny Green. He went out, and I'm not saying if Danny Green was there, it would have been different. No. Prayers up for Danny Green. He tore his ACL and LCL. So, I, I don't, and, and toward, with his age, I don't know if we've seen the last of Danny Green in the NBA, but I do hope for a speedy recovery. But the, <sighs> Tobias Harris, he is inconsistent, you know. So I'm not I'm not blaming the whole you know f- failed season in my opinion on James Harden. What I am doing is highlighting the fact that he was a big piece to the loss at the end. Because of his lack of aggression, because of his body just not his body not having the energy, not having the speed to get around people uh him thinking it's acceptable to take two shots in the, in the in the second half of an entire game, a game six, by the way. Yeah, that's I don't. I'm not. I'm never for someone not getting their money. Don't don't get me wrong. But it's hard. It would be hard for me as an organization to see our second most important player. Top 75 or NBA 75 player will go down as one of the greatest offensive weapons the league has ever, one of the greatest they've ever seen. Look at that man and think to myself, he deserves Supermax. When I've seen multiple flameouts and, and of different varieties. So that's just that, man. Let's move on. One. Just one. There's only been one that I can think of. Jay, what are you what are you talking about? One. It's been said that you a team that is led by a small guard cannot win a championship. So I thought, I was like, man. That can't be true. There's been some great, great point guards that are that are of the you know smaller mindset. I really got to thinking. One, there has only been one that I can think of. Now, if I'm wrong, leave it in the comments. We'll talk about it. But there is only one team that I can think of that was led by a small point guard that won a championship, and that was the Detroit Pistons and Isaiah Thomas. Now. That Detroit Pistons team also had Bill Lambeer. It had uh, some <laughs> Joe Dumars. It had some incredible players, some Hall of Fame players. But there's only been one. Now, there has been some great smaller guards in the league. Hell, my favorite player of all time, Allen Iverson, led a team to the finals. They just didn't win. Isaiah Thomas, the, the one you know that played for Bro- the the recent one, the one that played for Boston. Ky- we'll talk about Kyrie. That's actually people are gonna say, but what about Kyrie? Yo, first of all, Kyrie didn't lead that team. It was LeBron James, and also <laughs> it was LeBron James. Damian Lillard, I mean, we see him struggle to even make it out the first round year after year. Only one? 
Only one team has ever been led, or only one team that's been led by a small guard has ever won a championship. And that is Isaiah Thomas and the and the Detroit Detroit Pistons. Now, when I say led, I mean they are, that that guard is their best player. Like it was clear, Allen Iverson was the best player on the 76ers teams. It was clear that Damian Lillard is is the best player on Portland. Now people can say, but what about Steph Curry? 2015, yeah, he's six three. So he's the greatest shooter of all time. So, but I say all that to say, whew, <laughs> whew, uh, Chris Paul and the Suns got, excuse my language, got their ass whooped against Luka and the Dallas Mavericks, which ultimately saw the Mavericks advance to the Western Conference Finals where uh, the best team in the regular season by a long shot in the Phoenix Suns get bounced out the second round. A lot of people say that Chris Paul is cursed. A lot of people. You know, whether it's injury uh, at the at the worst moments, i.e., Houston, um, or his team just royally flames out, or his team just royally just doesn't get it done. I mean, I think Chris Paul, I think they said he's lost five straight series when he's been up two games to none. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's cursed. I think. I think it like this. If Chris Paul is your best player, first of all, side note, let me kind of discuss Patrick Beverly for a second. Patrick Beverly went on ESPN. He's been on the ESPN run, uh, and he was going crazy with Chris Paul, just just saying some wild things. Um. I do think a lot of it was disrespectful. I really do. Especially you don't you don't need to divulge personal conversations. You don't need to you can feel how you feel, but there's a way of presenting how you feel and you don't need to berate or 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 defame someone's name for if if they did. Now I understand that there's a beef between Patrick Beverly and Chris Paul. I get that. But there's a difference between being professionalism or being professional and, and just venting and just going crazy on. And, and I think Patrick Beverly has been mad, was mad disrespectful to uh, Chris Paul. I, especially what now I, I, I hate the argument that people say, well, what have you done in this league to say something? If you feel like I can speak on how I feel about something, you know, I can speak on I can speak on how I feel about Oh no! Hell, I speak on what I think about sports. I mean, this is a sports podcast, and I've never played in the NBA. I've never played in the NFL. I've never played in the MLB. I've never played in the NHL. I've never played professional sports. 
but this is my platform. And I think that even with this being my platform, there's a difference between being classy and saying how you feel or being controversial and just being, being, being messy. And I think that Paul, I mean, Patrick Beverly was just disrespectful. But let's get back to uh, Chris Paul. I don't think that he's cursed. And this whole basketball gods uh, has already deemed that Chris Paul would never win a championship. I th- what I think it is is you're seeing realization. Yet another realization. We are realizing something. Look at every single time, every single time. Chris Paul has lost in the playoffs outside of injury. The winning team has done the same thing every single time. Hunted Chris Paul because he is short. And shorter guards, especially a guard like Chris Paul, Shorter guards, and and as old as Chris Paul is, they the juices get zapped from their legs quicker than a younger guard. Now, trust me, we will get to uh, Devin Booker in a second, but the juices, like it's just the energy gets zapped out of you quicker, and it's harder to recover. So when you if you look at this year, yo. They were running a clinic on whoever Chris Paul was guarding. Would find they would find a way to get Luka Doncic seven six seven by the way six seven twenty what twenty four year old Luka Doncic. They would get him switched on Chris Paul religiously. Spencer Dinwiddie was was who I think is six four six five was getting switched on to Chris Paul. Yo. Jalen Brunson, who was of shorter stature, was backing down Chris Paul. That happens time and time and time again with Chris Paul. Because a small guard, uh, the reason why I say, and the reason why I think that we've seen that a small guard cannot lead a team to a championship is because it's easy to, it's easy to, I'm not going to say easy, let me not disrespect there is a game plan on how to beat a small guard or, or a team that is led by a small guard. It's, there's a game plan. And if you, if you, if you complete that game plan to a T, you're going to win. And that is hunt that guard on every offensive trip you have. So that by the fourth quarter, he's tired. Now, I, there's also a reason if you look at, now I think it was a thumb one time, but if you look, a lot of Chris Paul's injuries are lower extremities, hamstring, quad injuries. Why is that? Because by the end of the game, by the end of the series, he is tired. And now he's 37. 37 trying to guard a 6'7 Luka Doncic. 
and I know I was one of those people that said last year was if they're not going to win a championship last year, seeing as though that was the first year that Chris Paul uh, made it to the NBA Finals. They were up uh, two. They were up two zero against Milwaukee. Ended up losing four two or four straight. So, <laughs> I was one of those people that that if, if he don't win this year, it's, it's not gonna happen. Then I, I changed my tune really quickly in the regular season because they were just mopping people. I put my blinders on because I'm like, I mean, the team, you're going in. I think they won like 64 games. You're going in playoffs. You're the hottest team. You, Chris Paul did get hurt, but, you know, came relatively healthy. Put the blinders on, not realizing that a Chris Paul-led team loses the same way every year. And uh, I was wrong yet again. And I will be on this boat now. I think that this was their best option. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, let's go over to Devin Booker. There's a reason why when we talk about the best guards, when we talk about, you know, top, I don't know, five best shooting guards. Why a lot of people usually leave out Devin Booker. A lot of people leave out Devin Booker because Devin Booker is so one-sided. And when I say one-sided, I mean he is such an offensive talent. But that's about it. He's not good defensively. He's... When I say offensive talent, I mean scoring the ball. But he's not really good. He doesn't really elevate a team. He doesn't elevate anybody else because he is. A, and, and that's no disrespect to Devin Booker. That is is what he is. Devin Booker is an offensive weapon, but that's about it. And as we saw, if his shot's not falling, that's it. Devin, you can neutralize Devin Booker. Because Devin Booker is not going to make the right pass. I'm not going to say. He's, he's going to be reluctant to make the right pass. He's going to be reluctant to pass the ball anyways because he is always score first. That's the reason why Devin Booker was, I think, the leading scorer in the first quarter in the entire season because he looks to score. And in the biggest moments against Phoenix, not Phoenix, against Dallas, they were like, hey, yo. We're going to do the same thing to Chris Paul that we're going to do to you. Hunt him. Because what Devin Booker was then trying to do was hunting for calls. You know, ah, ah, ah. That's what he started to do. And once you start hunting for calls, your brain goes straight like on, on possessions, especially possessions when you've already usually here's a here's a fun fact. Now I know I've never played in the NBA, but I have played college ball. And I'ma tell you <laughs> would you touch the ball? Now basketball is very reactionary, but if you're an offensive player, usually when you touch the ball, you know what you're going you know what you want to do. Now the defense then sometimes dictate that, but a lot of times you know what you want to do. So by the time a person passes you the ball. You either know that by the time it hits your hand, you know that you either want to A, drive, or B, shoot. Devin Booker starts, all right, I'm going to try to get this foul. 
Luca or whoever's playing close to me. Reggie Bullock is playing close to me. I'm going to try to get this foul. And you look for the foul more than you concentrate on the shot. So that's why you look like, damn, Devin Booker was 3 for 14. Because he was hunting for calls, not hunting for makes. And Devin Booker is an incredible player. But if you do not have a two-way player, if you don't have a player. Let me say this. If you don't have... Devin Booker can't be the leader of a team, which is why they relied so heavily on a 37-now-year-old Chris Paul. Why do you think Chris Paul in the Houston, Chris Paul and James Harden in the Houston Rockets were this close of beating Golden State in 2017? This close. Because Chris Paul was not the number one. The number one was James Harden. Now, ultimately, they didn't win, and we just discussed that. But Chris Paul, he didn't have to worry about, like, and he he didn't have to worry about taking command of the team. Now, that is also what kind of did Houston in, seeing as though there was a tug-of-war match between whose team it was with James Harden and Chris Paul, this, that, and the third. But they almost beat Golden State, the team that I just said was the greatest team of all time. You can't have a team in the Suns where your best player can get hunted easily on defense and is a huge now, yes, I understand he's an all he's been in all defensive teams. Uh Chris Paul. I understand. Chris and that's no just look, Chris Paul is a top five point guard ever, in my opinion. Chris Paul will go down at I think I think a lot of people, of course, talk about accolades. I get it. But I do think let me just let me just leave it at that. I think Chris Paul is a top five point guard of all time. I think he is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. But that doesn't negate the fact that he is easily target targetable in a playoff series. Now yes, offensively he's gonna get his. We know his spot. Offensively He's going to get his. But even even this year, we after what, game three? His offense just fell off a cliff because they started hunting him and he just didn't have his legs. So I say all that to say, you can't have a team where Chris Paul is your number one. Your number two in Devin Booker is an incredible talent, but doesn't do anything. Well, is an incredible scoring talent, but doesn't do anything else. And your third option is DeAndre Ayton, who, by the way, probably won't be there because he doesn't feel respected by the organization, which is, I think, one of the biggest reasons why he only played 17 minutes in the in the final game. Now, yes, they lost by damn near 50, but... There's a reason why he, like, I don't even think DeAndre Ayton is going to be there. So, unless they make a huge swing at a, at a free agent or a huge swing at a trade and get, get, a, get a star player. Now, uh, I don't know who they could get, but get a star player. Because there's a lot of players that have player options. There's a lot of players that have, uh, you know, that's going to be free agents. So, we could see, but... If they don't, they're going to be in the same boat next year. They're going to be incredible 
in the regular season. Uh, but, you know, that's about it. So, let's move forward. And then we get to uh, Giannis and the Bucks. Um, there's not really much to uh, dissect when we talk about the Bucks losing. Uh, exactly what we th- the watching that Bucks. Boston series really showed you why Chris Middleton is so important. Now, a lot of people want to throw dirt on Chris Middleton. A lot of people want to say that it's Giannis and a bunch of nobodies, but Chris Middleton is most important to the Bucks in the in the in the half court. As we saw. Giannis is still Giannis. I think he became the first player ever to have 200, uh, 200 plus points, 100 plus rebounds, and like 50 plus assists in one series. There's some players that don't do that in a season. He did that in a series. And they still lost. You, you usually see it. Now, you didn't see it with the Suns and Dallas, but I tweeted this. You usually see this. The best team is going to beat the best player every time if the best player doesn't have a, a, a solid team. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Bucks are not a solid team. I mean, they just won an NBA championship last year. But the Bucks team, they even they, this even happened last year. They struggle in half-court offense. Giannis is still Giannis, but outside of that, you know, Drew Holiday is still a great player, so underrated, but he's not the most offensively gifted. <laughs> Grayson Allen, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Uh, Pat Connington, he'll hit big shots. Uh, you know, Brooke Lopez, he's still a big. He can stretch, but, he, he you know, he he's on and off. Bobby Porter, same way. The most consistent, two consistent players that, the Milwaukee Bucks have when we talk about all when we talk about um half court offense is Chris Chris Middleton and Giannis and one of them were gone I don't think this is this hurts you know like Giannis still did his thing and this is just a, a, a this is pretty much Guess that's why when you looked at Game Seven, Giannis was missing chippies, like he was missing layup, like his long arms was right at the rim and missing layups. He just didn't have his legs. He was tired. When you you get bodies thrown at you left and right by arguably best team in the league at this point, you need that second option. And and while Drew Holiday wasn't at least offensively wasn't as consistent as it needed him to be because he's not Chris Middleton. So I I think I think the Bucks will be back next year. I just it is it's <laughs> I don't know I don't know Chris it just shows you how important Chris Milton is. That's that's what that shows you. Um that's what it shows you. 
and shouts out to Boston, but that's what it shows. Giannis was putting up. Giannis was showing the world. Giannis lost. <laughs> Giannis lost. And everyone in the world was was remind he reminded everyone in a loss. He struggled. In a loss, he reminded everyone that yeah. In a loss. People went out that loss thinking to themselves, yeah, well, Giannis is the best player in the world. <laughs> like, Giannis loses, and that's what they say. Like, it wasn't, oh, yeah, this is on Giannis. No, they, well, Giannis is the best player in the world. That's that's what happened. Um, It was uh, 2015. 2015, uh, NBA Finals, you had LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. You had Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Both Clay, t- oh, no, both uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love went out. LeBron was putting up epic numbers, and you thought to yourself, even though they did lose the series, you thought to yourself, yeah, LeBron James, he is he's the best player in the world. <laughs> Same thing you saw 2017. No, 18. 2018. No, 2017. 2017, the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers lost... Four, lost 4-1 in the finals. LeBron James had like a 50-pointer the first game. That's the one where J.R. Uh, Smith just forgot what time it was or whatever. And you still thought to yourself, yeah, LeBron James, they did just lose 4-1. <laughs> He's still the best player in the world. That's what we said about Giannis this, this series. We looked at Giannis. He, he lost, but he was just like, hey. And he struggled the last game. But he was like, hey, <laughs> Giannis is the best player. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. He, you know, they need Chris Middleton. So now we're in the conference finals. Uh, my predictions: you have so you have Golden State going against Dallas. One, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be Golden State and and Phoenix, just like a lot of people. But shouts out you now. <laughs> Dallas has a good shot of winning. You have the best player in my, at least at this point, if we look at the totality of this season, you have the most consistent, the best player in Luka. Luka, I think he averages the most points in a, in a, in a game seven. I think he averaged like 39 points. I think he's averaging like 33 this playoffs. Like he's been going crazy. And, it, and, and if I'm Golden State, I don't think you just throw bodies at him. Just keep throwing bodies at him. But there's, there's no way I'm looking at what we've seen and thinking, yo, we can stop Luka. We're not stopping Luka. What it is is Luka is not going to outscore the team. So you just make sure Jalen Brunson. You make sure Spencer Dinwiddie. You make sure Dory Finney-Smith. You make sure Max Kleber. You make sure nobody else goes off. Because that's what happened in that's what happened towards the end of the Phoenix series. Jalen Brunson started going off, and Spencer Dinwiddie had 30 points at the end of or game six. Yeah, uh, Luka can go off. You just can't let nobody else do that. And Luka's going to get his numbers. Luka's going to have some 40-point games. He, he damn near might have a 50-point game. Like, Luka's going to have his. It's just if Golden State, one, limits their turnovers, and two, is able to slow down everyone else, I have – I think I think and I think that that's going to happen. I don't know about the turnovers because they've been, they've struggled with turnovers. Lord Jesus, they struggle with turnovers. But you get uh, Steve Kerr back. I think that 
you know, Clay Thompson hopefully gets out of his slump, even though he looked great in game six against Memphis. Steph Curry kind of gets out of his slump. I think and that's that's the biggest reason why I have Golden State winning this series is because I think that they know we're not stopping Luka. We can try to slow him down, but we're not stopping Luka. It's just stop everyone else. And I think they have the – I don't think that – even though Dallas is a really good defensive team, I don't think when, when everyone – because Jordan Poole has been struggling too. And I, but I think he was struggling due to the physicality that Memphis – holds you know when you when you have Desmond Bain hitting like freaking muscle bound soldier just hitting you in every play it's just nah but I just think that Golden State has the ability to slow everyone else down while scoring better than Dallas as a team so I have Golden State winning this series uh I'll say in six games and in the Eastern Conference, man, for one, shouts out to the Miami Heat, man. They have been incredible all season. They have, they're probably one of the most disrespected number ones we've seen because uh, nobody talks about them. And even as a number one, I don't think – look, I have Boston winning this series because I think, I think Miami is a better – I think both teams are incredible defensively. I mean, my Boston has arguably been the best defensive team since January. And Miami, I mean, we've seen the dismantling that they do with their guard, like they did with Trey Young, that they did with James Harden. But when we talk about offensively, I, I think Boston, I mean, we just saw Boston hit like 27 threes, I think. I just don't think that they can keep up offensively with Boston. Uh, and I think the defenses are going to 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 uh, ne- ne- equal each other out. I just don't think offensively. I don't think offensively, boss. You know, Miami can keep up with Boston, especially when you have Jason Tatum going crazy. And he had a forty-six point game in Milwaukee. Like Jalen Brown, Grant Williams. Now I don't know. It was wild to me that Milwaukee let. <laughs> Let Grant Hill, Grant Williams, I'm sorry, wide open the entire game. I, I don't get that, but it is what it is. Um, so right now I have a, a Boston and Golden State finals. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, shouts out to, shouts out to all the teams, and let me know how you think. Let me know how you think the Eastern Conference Finals is going to go. Let me know how you think the Western Conference Finals is going to go. So moving forward, ah, uh, the. So we are in the middle of the NHL playoffs, and unfortunately, <laughs> my Capitals didn't make it. My Capitals lost to Florida. Now, granted, the wild the 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 Capitals was a wild card team. Florida was the number one team in the Metropolitan. You know, we had some injuries. I say we like I played for the, but uh, yeah, my Capitals didn't make it. <laughs> uh, but right now, I mean, you have Colorado, you have St. Louis, you have uh the Oilers, you have the I don't even the Flames, you have the Rangers, the Hurricane, or yeah, the 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 Hurricanes. Uh, you have the team looking to three-peat in the lightning and of course the Florida Panthers um 
Well, damn, my, my capitals are out. So I, I, I'm going to go with, man, look. I'm going to go with the the, the, the Hurricanes. No, because they did struggle against. They had to go to a game seven against Boston. Um, Frigate, man. We just... Uh, uh, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the the Florida Pan I'm gonna go with the Florida Panthers, which is which is big because they're going up against now the Lightning that literally is going for a three P. But I'm gonna go I'm going with my mm, that's tough though because the Oilers though the Oilers did struggle against the Kings, but the Oilers in my opinion have the best player remaining in the playoffs in Connor McDavid. Uh, and the and the the Oilers are a really good team. Mm. And that's Connor McDavid. Nope, nope. I'm gonna say the Florida Panthers. I'm gonna say the Florida Panthers. We will reconvene after the next round, but I will say the Florida Panthers are going to win it all. So, uh, yeah. Damn, shots out to. It's unfortunate for my Capitals, man. Before we go, um. Unpopular topic of the week. Now, the NBA unveiled the Eastern Conference Finals MVP and Western Conference Finals MVP trophy. This is a new trophy that they will be handing out. Of course, the the player that they think is the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals, as well as the MVP of the Western Conference Finals. They also did some retooling to the Conference Final trophies and the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy. And I will give my credit to baseball. Now I am, uh, I'm a very loud speaker when we talk about my displeasure for a lot of things that baseball does. So I will give them credit where credit is due. One thing that I like is how they have an NL MVP and an AL MVP. Of course, NL is the National League. AL is the American League. I think the NBA should adopt that. I know we like a lot of things singular. I know we like a lot of things as far as one person, one thing. Like there is one MVP. There is one comeback player of the year. There is one coach of the year. There is one defensive player of the year. I understand that. I understand that's what we're used to. Hell, same as football. There's you know, but why? I don't understand how we make such a point to highlight the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. We make so we make it such a point that in the All Star Game you have the East. Well, you used to have the East versus West. An Eastern. There's there can't be shouts out to the WNBA. There can't be two Eastern Conference teams playing in the finals. There can't be two Western Conference teams playing in the finals. You make it so such a point to highlight the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Yet and still, there's one MVP. I think they should go to the Eastern Conference MVP of the of the of the year of the, of the season in the Western Conference. Like like this year. Let's look at this year. This year, 
Joel Embiid would have been the Eastern Conference MVP. Nikola Jokic would have been the Western Conference MVP. In my opinion, Tyler Euro would have been the six, uh, Eastern Conference Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, I don't know. Let me just throw out a name. Cameron Johnson would have been Western Conference Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, I just think that they should. They make it such a point to highlight that there's two conferences. They make it such a point to say East versus West, East versus West. Yet and still, there's one MVP. It's and again, I I. I, I mean, this clearly, I guess, is this is unpopular t- t- topic, whatever. But I just think, again, you make it give just like then there's an AL MVP, AL or NL MVP. There's an AL comeback player of the year, NL comeback player of the year. Like make it for the NBA and and an Eastern Conference player comeback player of the year, a Western Conference comeback player of the year. You know what I mean? Like just don't keep highlighting. The fact that there's an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference, yet and still, when the biggest awards are here, you don't highlight the fact that there's an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference. It doesn't make sense to me. The only award that highlights that now is the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, the Western Conference Finals MVP. And, of course, whatever team wins the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, they get they get a trophy. But it's just like, why does it take the Western Conference Finals and East, which I like, don't get me wrong. I, I like the fact that there's the Eastern Conference Finals MVP and the Western Conference Finals MVP. I like it because it shows the fact that there is two different conferences. And the NBA tries very hard and to show, hey, there's two different conferences here, yet and still there's one MVP. That's all I'm saying, man. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want to pop the podcast, shirt, hoodie, long sleeve, sweater, uh, joggers, link in description below. It's getting hot out there, y'all. It is getting hot. So go get your unpopular. It's it's it, it's uh, it, it feels good in the wind. <laughs> go get your unpopular merch today. Go get your T-shirts today. The link is in the description below. I got you. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. Comment, leave a like. I'm trying to get them algorithms going. I'm trying to get more people to experience the unpopular podcast. I'm trying to get more subscribers on YouTube. I'm trying to get more subscribers on DSPs. And I can't do it without your help. So I appreciate you guys. And until next time, what was that? (laughs) Much love. Oh, you think you better than everybody? You think you better than Bonkin, huh? You too good for the hood now. Straight bitch, I'm a, yeah, real. yeah. Be the driver when I'm slumped. Be my nigga if you clutch. I ain't saying fight my battles. You ain't gotta be my crutch. Tell my mama that I love her. I don't do that shit enough. I'm a bro, wait, wait. I'm a bro, bro in a cut. I love the hood, you know I'm stuck. Wait, 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 wait. I worry about this shit tomorrow. Why the fuck you acting sus? Wait, 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 wait. Call me lagging in a party. Swear to God I can't sit up straight. Wait. Wait, it's something about the hood, I love it, I ain't going no, I'm stuck Wait, 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 wait. Uh, man. Pick me up when I get stranded and I'm trying to find a way Still put chips up in a sandwich cause this shit you can't escape No my heart can turn to rock so I don't take that shit for granted Shout out pre friend the East, that little bitch at Demi Scanless You know I done been through hell, huh? I'm 
going through it, I can't hide it, you can tell, huh? Come hold me down, cause I keep running from myself, huh? Let you hold my burdens, it'll probably tip the scale. Let these niggas to the well, that just opened up my floodgates. I come from the mud, we done hit me for the updates. I say free my nigga, if you know my insecurity, just keep it on the hush. If you hit me up at 2 a.m., you gotta let me fuck. Be the driver when I'm slump, be my nigga if you clutch. I ain't saying fight my battles, you ain't gotta be my crutch. Tell my mama that I love her, I don't do that shit enough. I'm a bro, but wait. I'm a bro bro in a cut, I love the hood, you know I'm stuck Wait, 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 wait I worry about this shit tomorrow, why the fuck you acting sus? Wait, 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 wait Call me lacking in the party, swear to God I can't sit up straight Wait, wait, wait It's something about the hood, I love it, I ain't going, no I'm stuck Wait, 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 wait Yeah, yeah, uh, She gon' play me, got this feeling in my gut Damn, my paranoid as fuck I been chillin' in the hood Why the coppers pull me up? Damn, they always on my nuts Damn, the hood ain't got me stuck That little bitch ain't did me up She gon' wait till I get breakin' Just to try to hit me up I'ma do a hundred miles Till I leave her in the dust That little bitch ain't did me up That little bitch ain't did me up That little bitch ain't did me up Be the driver when I'm slow Be my nigga if you clutch I ain't sayin' fight my battles You ain't gotta be my crutch Tell my mama that I love her I don't do that shit enough I'm a bro, but wait I'm a bro bro in a cut, I love the hood, you know I'm stuck Wait, 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 wait I worry about this shit tomorrow, why the fuck you acting sus? Wait, 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 wait Call me lacking in the party, swear to God I can't sit up straight Wait, wait